0: This is Joe Burns. And Beth West. Hey, thank you for listening to the Rock School Radio Podcast.
1: We think you'll learn something. Now
0: remember, if you want to hear the show with all the music in place, go to kslu.org and stream the show live. Thursdays at 5 and Sundays at 4. It's a new show every week.
1: Now enjoy this week's Rock School Radio Show.
0: Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. <phone rings> It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. In case you're wondering, top speed, I looked it up, of a snapper lawnmower. Uh Top speed, seven miles an hour. And Beth West. Where have you
1: been, darling? I've, I've been in rehab for my cackling laugh. Class
0: is in. It's the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. Once again, picking up the uh, affiliates as if they were paper clips. My name is Joe Burns, sitting to my immediate left after a two-month absence. Yes, a two-month absence. Beth West. Where Hello. have you been, darling?
1: I've, I've been in rehab for my cackling laugh.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> as long as you can take care of the cackling laugh, that's good. We got your emails, ladies and gentlemen. And yes,
1: I will try to hold back. I'm sorry that my joyous nature is, uh, the, offends
0: you. The green skin. And then the, uh, the broom and the whole, the cackling. Yes, lot, but... it's true
1: cackles, but...
0: Yeah, see, so you're going to hold back on that. I'm going to hold you know? back on Good. them. Now Just I'm going to a... be so serious. It's you're, You are a serious human Very being. Very serious. I can see it, but I'm we're so going to pull serious. back on that. I chose a topic today that is not so funny. Uh, it's a comedy in music today. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not comedy in music today. Today, uh, librarian, you yes, are a librarian. I am sure. a librarian. And I use the interlibrary loan all the time.
1: As you I do. should. As well
0: I should. I got a book by Gary Graff and Daniel D. Schultz I guess it's got two H's oh. in it and a Z I Sounds don't know like why you
1: kind of destroyed
0: that name I did okay. I don't know why you would do that to a small child but it's called rock and roll myths the true stories behind the most infamous legends myths are great because normally they're flat out not true and most people who will listen to the show will go well thanks a lot I really like the myth better. And the actual reality Yeah, to sometimes
1: it. the story is great, but I love knowing things like the background of myths so you know you can play smarty pants at a party like actually. This that's is what not the truth true. Is.
0: Sure. <laughs> and you don't like to be that person. You don't want that to be that person, you know, be the guy who lets it right. go by. Oh yeah, you put it in your head. Yes, I know. Alice Cooper killed a chicken on stage and drank its blood. Yes, he did. No oh, and yeah. no. Here's the real story. Alice Cooper's from Detroit. A chicken was not part of his show in Toronto. As a matter of fact, he's never had live animals except for a snake in his show. Right. You've seen
1: pictures of him
0: draped in the snake. He wears it around his neck. Yeah. Okay. September 13th, 1969, uh, Alice Cooper was signed onto Frank Zappa's record album label, and he's put on on this huge Dolly-esque show. And the band launches into the theatrics part of the show when a chicken in Detroit, I don't know why, is thrown onto stage. Cooper, he's from Detroit. You know, I'm from Cleveland. They used to take us to the zoo, and, you know, that's where we saw animals. Right.
1: I don't think there's too many people in Detroit just keeping chickens.
0: No, they're not. The only chickens we ever saw in Cleveland, you know, were under the saran wrap at the grocery store. True that. That's (laughs) it. Cooper, not knowing the chicken can fly, throws it into the audience and the crowd rips it apart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, know. I think I've heard that. They are all Detroit people. They may have thought it was some kind of stunt. Right. They like, thought it, it was wasn't a fake real. chicken. Yeah.
0: Right. So they wanted a piece of it to take home from the from mm. the you know from the show. Cooper reveals in his autobiography, Golf Monster, that his manager actually threw the chicken on stage thinking that Cooper would do something with it and then, I guess, walk it off the side of the stage and say, "Okay, we're done with the chicken, take the chicken away, not thinking he would throw it back into the audience. I can't
1: think of one thing that he could do with the chicken that would not be weird for the, for the chicken.
0: chicken. I am with you. He said PETA followed him for years and after a while, you know, he he tried to be a good guy. Okay, I'm not doing anything with a chicken. He said after a while, he would go up to PETA and say, why in the world are you following me? It's been five years. I've not done anything with a chicken. Why don't you go stand outside of Colonel Sanders' place? He's killed a Lots million of, chicken of them a, a day. Yeah. yeah. So no more Mr. Nice Guy. Dallas Cooper here on Rock School. Cooper here on Rock School, uh, throwing chickens all over the place. Talking about rock and roll myths, the true stories behind the most infamous legends, Gary Graff and Daniel Unpronounceable last names. Okay, how about this one? Sid Vicious. You know, he was in the hotel room when Nancy Spungin was killed by a huge knife. Here comes the myth. Sid Vicious's Ashes were dumped on Nancy Spongin's grave by Sid Vicious's mom.
1: I did not hear, I've never heard this myth before, but sounds
0: intriguing. Sounds viable at least. The answer is maybe. Now, Sid Vicious, you probably know this one, dies from a heroin overdose brought on by a smack given to him by, do you know who? No, I don't. His mom. Stop it! It really his mom That's gave him the smack. That's not part of the
1: myth. It's really true that no, his that mom... one's
0: true. Sid was actually in I think Rikers prison, and in October we're going to do a show on the death of Nancy Sponge because it happened in October. So, okay. So Sid Vicious dies because he was in Rikers and came down off a of heroin, and his mom shows up after he gets out, gives him smack. His tolerance is dead. In order to get him high you know get him home again mother of the year oh sure a little plaque and a <laughs> yeah ribbon right nice there. job he was no longer he was no longer tolerance driven right and it killed him it killed him sure his mom uh take takes the cremation route because she didn't want a circus at the funeral and she wanted to dump his ashes on nancy's grave so that they could always be together I, you know, Even, I don't understand.
1: Yeah, there's a whole lot of really bad domestic abuse going on here. That's it's terrible. Not a good
0: idea. It isn't. Well, the family of Nancy Spungen flat out refused. I mean,
1: As he was in the room when she had a giant knife impaled into right, her, and may
0: very well have been the guy that did it. Although right. most people believe he was not. Right. Most people believe no.
1: But probably not a good influence sure. in general.
0: No, no, not at all. However, according to the book Please Kill Me by Legs McNeil and Gillian McCain, which, by the way, is a great book. Oh, it's on my bookshelf, baby. Do you have it? I do. Oh, I think it's fantastic. Sid's mom either, A, dumped the ashes around the outside of the cemetery or snuck over the fence at night and dumped them on top of the grave. One thing is for sure, the urn never left the country. It's still here in the United States. And it's empty. Well, there well, you go. They, the
1: ashes are somewhere.
0: That's right. He did it his way. It's Sid Vicious here on Rock School. And now, the end is near, and so I the final curtain. Ha <laughs> you am not I'll stay my pain Sid Vicious, rousing rendition of uh, My Way here on Rock School. What about Puff the Magic Dragon? Did you have that in a 45 when you were young?
1: Uh, no, I didn't, but I heard it all the time on the radio. And now that I'm adult, an adult, I just think it's about drugs.
0: It 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 is or maybe it isn't. Is now, that the myth? <laughs> that's the myth. Okay, good. Is Puff the Magic Dragon about smoking marijuana? Now, those who say it is... Here is the evidence. Number one, puff means to smoke.
1: Yes, it does. That makes sense.
0: That makes total sense. Dragon means drag, as in Take a drag on... On a joint. That makes sense. The friend Jackie Paper in the song is... Do you want to, are you trying to quiz me on how much I know about weed? I I am. Yeah. Rolling papers. Rolling papers. Of course. Sure. There you go. Hanali. Remember, Puff the Magic Dragon is from (laughs) Hanali. Supposedly is the city in Hawaii named Hanalia, where pot is grown apparently by the ton. So here's the facts, your honor. There we go. Well, there's your prosecution. The prosecution rests. Let's go to the defense. Do you know who wrote it?
1: It was oh, one of Peter Paul, was Mary. Peter Paul and
0: Mary's songs. Peter Yarrow wrote it. Okay. Okay. No, he says. The whole song is about growing up and the loss of innocence. Uh, uh,
1: you, you well, were, sure, it could be. And he could have just been influenced
0: by all the things around him. Could have. Well, he's a folk singer. He was part of that folk movement. and They there were, were smoking weed. I think so. There was Everybody there was, was. There were drugs in that movement. But, you know, it's entirely possible. A lot of people believe that The Birds Eight Miles High is all about drugs. And it's not. The song is about fear of flying. Maybe, yeah, well, all right. And, and the birds freely admit it. They say, look, we did a lot of drugs, and I get where you can hear the influence, but it's not. It's But about you wouldn't flying. have
1: to write a song about fear of flying if you would just
0: take the drugs. Apparently, you could put yourself right out and land out, wherever just, you are. Just put it so, right out. So Peter Yarrow says, no, it's loss of innocence. So in terms of it being about marijuana, you either take the artist at his word or you don't.
1: And usually, yeah, t- if he says it's not about it, it's not about it. But if you want to just, you know, play it, smoke a little, get high, then go for Apparently, it. Apparently.
0: And and think about dragons. That's not quite where my brain went. Magical goes.
1: dragons? Yeah,
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't know. Mm. Sounds like this on Rock School. Pop the magic dragon. All right, first break here on Rock School. We need to do one we don't have a song for. You want to hear about David Bowie or Bobby McFerrin? Which one do you want to hear David about? David Bowie. David all, Bowie? Always David okay. Bowie, yes. David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Have you heard the rumor that David Bowie and Mick Jagger supposedly spent the night together? Oh, I... They were found I in bed together. Did not... Yes, I suppose I have. You have heard that one? Yeah. They make fun of it. They sing a, I can't remember, it was for uh, the live aid thing. They sing a song and they get real close like they're going to kiss inside of the video. Do you remember that? I do remember that. That's very amusing. I like it a lot. They're kind of making fun of it. Well, here it is. No one has, neither of them have said for sure whether they actually spent the night together or not. And I'm sure the reason they do it is they both understand fully that, a great rumor, even if it shows them in a bad light, is is a great rumor. There's no such thing as bad press, that it. kind of thing. Okay. Did David Bowie and Mick Jagger spend the night together? Well, here comes the facts surrounding it. You tell me whether it's true or not. It comes either from Ava Cherry, which is a backup singer for David Bowie. I'll bet that's not her real name. Do you think? Maybe, maybe not. And Angela Bowie, who claims to be the person who saw them in 1973. Okay, where does it come from? She said she, Angela Bowie, said it on the Joan Rivers show. Joan Rivers, if you remember, was the full-time replacement for Johnny Carson for a while, right? And then acted like a bit of an idiot. And Carson told her to you yeah know, yeah get, get out of here yeah. It. And immediately somebody picked her up and gave her the Joan Rivers show, and she yeah, was known for briefly. getting the you know the salacious stuff, gossipy. Of the day. Right. Right. This was one of the things. And when she was pressed, she Angela Bowie was pressed. She said, "Well." what i saw was them both asleep in the bed right. and i simply surmised that they had been having and or making whoopee well i'd like to think that they
1: just spent the night spooning
0: i you know okay it, it could have been that they both just got wickedly drunk and fell over it's seriously that yeah. could be
1: very true there's no I, a lot of people have just fallen dead drunk into sure. a, a sofa or and something sure. with other
0: people and they wake up and they look over and there's angela hi how you doing and she hey. went oh i can make so much hay of this wait until we get a divorce i'm gonna <laughs>
1: tell everybody this. it can
0: go all this oh. way all right there it is take from it what you will who's I'm, listening to us
1: oh uh, this is a new person they we pick these up While we were, I was gone. I told you, you go away and people start listening to us. I guess I'll go away.
0: (laughs) Go ahead. What's happening?
1: K M C E in Erie, Pennsylvania. Welcome
0: to the show. You bet. K L S U Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Plus, get us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. Back in a minute here on the show. Coming out of the break, talking about rock and roll myths, the true stories behind the most infamous legends. Gary Graff and Daniel Durschultz, I believe is how you say it. They wrote the book. Sounds like a pretty good book. Here, it's really fun. And, of course, I would never do every one that was in the book. That would be unfair to the authors. Of course it would be. They should go get the book. It's a great, great book. Or ask your library to buy it. Or get it through some interlibrary loan, which is what I do. Okay, here we go. Slayer is sympathetic to Hitler's Reich they are Nazis I'm having a really hard time not cackling at that sure but and thank you for not doing it Get a little giggle just a little giggle there it comes from and of course they're not they are of not. of course
1: they're not this is
0: this is one of those things that you can lie across somebody so easily well you're a Nazi. It comes from their album, Reign of Blood, which came out in 1986. The opening track is titled Angel of Death and is about Joseph Mengele, who did experiments on prisoners in Nazi death camps. Okay, well... With it's jo- about an evil person. You got it. With that bit of information, you go, Aha! Maybe they are. Well, Joseph Hanneman, pardon me, Jeff Hanneman, who wrote the song, had just read a book on World War II, which mentioned and talked about Mengele. It's a history book.
1: Right. He was probably
0: just... Horrified by what happened. Right. And he says time and time again, before you accuse us, have you read the lyrics? That's what I was going to say. What do the lyrics say? It does not glorify him. And as a matter of fact, it says he's a bit of a jerk. The <laughs> Holocaust groups and Def Jam Records, because of the backlash, refused to put out the album due to cover art and the fact that some people say the S and Slayer looks a bit like the SS insignia. Right. What do you mean I don't know. It looks know. a bit like.
1: I don't know anything really about Slayer, but I can picture their font. And I, the, the really. S is very angular, but you can't just say that S's can't be angular anymore because it Because of the insignia. It.
0: Furthermore, Hanneman states the album was produced by Rick Rubin, who is Jewish! Okay. Now come on! Wouldn't right. he have said something? Conspiracy theorists
1: cannot have it both ways. They cannot say that these people who had a Jewish producer are... Nazis, and they cannot say that all media is run by Jewish people. I mean, seriously,
0: right? The, you can't have it up. both ways. It does not.
1: Conspiracy theorists, no, sorry, you're now not what, getting
0: this one. Now, what some people are going to say is, well, I don't have time to go read the, you know, the the lyrics and all that. Great, here it is. It's Slayer, Angel of Death. Make the decision for yourself. Listen to the lyrics right here. Bottom of the hour, plus a few minutes here on Rock School. Did you listen to the lyrics? Uh, Yeah, they seem to be very derisive towards this dude. Um, I agree. Opposite of Nazis. Right. He is not glorified in the song. So, bottom of the hour. Let's do the names. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Beth West. Let's do seven days in 70 seconds. Something that happened on these dates, July 15th through July 21st. I believe Beth has Monday. Read it.
1: Monday, July 15th, 2002, a boat captained by Bob Seeger won its division in the 78th Annual Port Huron to Mackinac Island Race. He was working on his lake moves.
0: He was. I'm sorry. Way, I had to do it. Shoot so it, <laughs> yeah. By the way, that was a sailboat, too. Yeah. That was not a powerboat. July 16th, 1996, Dolores O'Riordan of the Cranberries accepted an undisclosed settlement from a London newspaper that reported that she only performs without panties, and that offended her, so uh, she... She got some money off of that. She did, yeah.
1: July 17th, 2003, several of Hong Kong's music figures are arrested as part of a corruption investigation. It was found out that chart positions at music award shows were rigged.
0: Not it, shocked. It's It's time to have that investigation. Here, uh, July 18, 1995. The oldest musical instrument ever found was unearthed in Slovenia. It was a bone flute with four holes to set tones, and scientists claim the thing is 45,000 years old.
1: I'm gonna. Uh, I feel like there must be drums older than that.
0: Don't I you think at least beating on walls or Some kind on of your limit. knees. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, what's funny is uh, I don't have it here but there was a much larger story that went along with it it could be played it really made, yeah, it made music
1: that's super cool right July 19th 1995 Elvis Presley's doctor George Nikopoulos that's right lost his medical license for being too liberal prescribing addictive drugs Took, all the way till 95 right
0: I, well I don't about. think it was because of Elvis Presley he lost it it was because of he further, just kept going he just kept on going July 20th, 1995, Flavor Flav breaks both arms in a motorcycle accident in Milan. It was actually a scooter because he was in one of those English oh, scooters. Yeah. So. And July 21st, 1987, the world is introduced to guns and roses as Appetite for Destruction is released. Okay, getting back to the book, let's talk about a couple more rock and roll myths. Jimi Hendrix put LSD in his headband. I've had students ask me about this one out of the clear blue sky. Really? Did you hear that LSD was put in Jimi Hendrix's headband? This is so stupid. I'm not even sure it needs to be addressed. I don't. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing
1: something. I think it's so stupid that I feel like I'm really missing something. Well, in order
0: for LSD to be absorbed into the body, it has to hit certain receptors and you can either snort it which means it hits the receptors in the sinuses. You can't
1: absorb it through the
0: skin. Right. You could that's what I'm wondering. I was like, right. are they saying that he hid it in his headband for later? I Well, they said but, when he was... Well, there's the old... There is the truth that Keith Moon would take his foot and stick it behind him. And somebody would shoot heroin into his foot. But someone was concerts. actually breaking the
1: skin right. and putting it... And that's weird and gruesome and... No wonder he had a very short life.
0: Yeah, but these are the things that these are just weird things. There's also a Jerry Garcia one I can get into, and in, in fact, I will. I'll do it real quickly. But the LSD would not go into the body through the especially through the if you
1: were playing an instrument and in you're stage and you're sweating, you're, you're not absorbing right. things.
0: And furthermore, that is crazy. And furthermore, why not just put the tab? Oh, I don't know, four or five inches lower in your mouth. It's an yeah. absurd rumor. It's an absurd. I'll just go right into the Jerry okay, Garcia one. go into the Jerry one Garcia one, because that one is
1: just, that's just ridiculous.
0: Right. Jerry Garcia had two guitars, Wolf and Tiger, that were specially made. You've probably seen them. They're made by Amblik Incorporated, and they're a sandwich of woods. They're very, very pretty. They're what's known as bouquet guitars. They're yes. made specifically for him. And they had a special compartment in them to store drugs. They, they had
1: a special compartment in two his guitar. In his guitars. He needed sure. a special, because right. right
0: there. Right. Uh, okay. Wrong. Thomas Lieber, who, well, built the guitars, stated, uh, no, that's stupid. The two sections that you're talking about were both brass Little pockets that were created that were installed in order to hold onboard preamps that were sometimes installed and sometimes not installed. I'm just
1: giant sigh here because as much as I'm sure Jerry Garcia really liked his drugs, I think he probably liked his guitars more, and he would right. not have the equivalent of an old spy's shaving cream. Thing, you know where they hid right. the drugs. Why in. would you do that? Why would he do that to his guitar? He could hide his drugs
0: in so many other places. Or take them. Right. He right. probably just had them in a box just hanging out. However, Wolf, one of the guitars, does have a brass cigarette holder near the e tuner. How's that? It's not as good. No, it's not as good, but, no, as good, but okay. Yeah, touch of gray. It's uh, Jerry Garcia with his huge drug compartment on It's a weighing down his, his rights yep. that holds an onboard. It's pack. got a kilo yeah. of Coke in the back it's of got it. A kilo of onboard preamps. Do things. There you go, I'm school. second break here in rock school because of the length of that last break and that last song we can certainly talk if we want to let's do another one that doesn't require a song along with it you like george jones sure just passed away not too long ago have you heard the rumor that george jones actually drove a lawnmower to the liquor store have you heard that I one? I don't think I've heard that one about him specifically, but I feel like I've
1: seen people actually do that when it, I'm out in the country.
0: It's been in a few country uh, music videos. Yeah, it's a, it's a standing joke about George Jones because he was called No-Show Jones for uh, missing so many concerts because he was so drunk and so high. And He cleaned up his act there towards the end. Right, and right, he yeah. became the old man of country music and everybody wanted to see him. Well, did he actually drive a lawnmower to the liquor store? Not once, twice.
1: Yay! Twice. I kind of, I'm really excited that he did that. I don't know why, because I just wanted that one to be true. Because it, it's not really. He didn't hurt anybody. No, he not didn't, at all. You know, he's going pretty
0: slow. He probably wouldn't have hurt anybody. So, in case you're wondering, top speed. I looked it up of a snapper lawnmower. Uh-huh. Top speed seven miles an hour. According to both his, uh, both his and Tammy Wynette's autobiography, he did it twice. Uh, both Tammy Wynette and his other wife Shirley Ann Corley, he was just drunk as anything, and both wives. Took away every method he had of driving a car. he would kill somebody. Right, exactly. They took away keys. They took away you know the 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 the, the, the what do you call it? The trucks, the yeah the tractors, the whole schmuel. And they forgot about it. His probably, old John Deere. if he
1: had a go kart, they probably took that away too. But and John Deere
0: will get you there. He and just he got really there slowly. <laughs> the cops caught him the second time. The first time he made it, but the cops caught him the second time. That really needs a drink. Really. Who is listening to us?
1: Well, apparently, KRSQ from
0: Thief River Falls, Minnesota, which is a really awesome name. Why do I want to go to Thief River Falls, Minnesota? I just do. KS- I, know. I do too. KSCL Shreveport, they listen to us as well. Back in a minute with more things that may be true, may not be true. Back in a minute on Rock School. <laughs> All right, coming out of the break, you, Beth West, are a New Orleans lady, are you not?
1: I, wait a second, that song's about ladies of the night. That's
0: true, but you are a lady and you are from New Orleans. I are am you from right? the New
1: Orleans area, yes, I am.
0: Okay, very good. Then you probably have heard the story of Johnny Thunders who died the in New The New York quarter. Dolls guy. That's right, right. Guitars for yes. the New York Dolls. Of course, had another Heartbreakers band. And right, I found solo out all stuff.
1: that stuff after actually knowing the rumor about him dying in
0: the right. French quarter. Supposedly yeah. OD'd on methadone or something else. But the rumor is that, no, he didn't OD. He didn't do it to himself. He was killed. Why was Murdered. he killed? Murdered. Sure. Murdered. Murder most foul. So what's the story? Here it comes. Willie DeVille is the source for the killing rumor. Goes this way. Thunder's was inside of a hotel and wanted to get some Coke. Okay. So he goes across the street to a couple of dealers and says, I want some Coke. They say, we don't have Coke. We have acid. He said, hey, look, you get me some Coke. You guys look like you're pretty hard up. I'll pay for a room for the night or two, get you some food
1: yeah. And they he said he was, you yeah. know, he wanted some coke really right. bad.
0: He was willing to pay for it. Get some coke and I'll I'll set you guys up. And All the right. dealers were like, "Hey, great. You know, a meal, nice sure. place to stay for a night." So they split. It seems that the dealers could not find any coke, so what they did was take a few old tabs of acid and crushed it. Put it with some baby powder and oh. made fake coke. Thunders hit the LSD, put it up his nose. And in our earlier discussion, you know, LSD will work up the nose just we, as we'll, well as it will in yes, the mouth. It will. He ODs, goes too high, takes methadone, trying to bring himself down. Now, he thinks it's, it's Coke. It's Coke. Right. So he starts to take more and more and more methadone, trying to come down. But see, he's not high. He's hallucinating because right. it's LSD. it's completely different drug. And pounds himself out on it. So... Yes, he ODs, but he ODs because he is given LSD rather than. Right. And
1: even though obviously he was doing all these illegal drugs, he had probably done enough of them that he knew, had it been coke, he could could control itself and brought itself down with the methadone.
0: So these two dealers that. Were to get him coke, didn't get him coke, and killed him because by doing this. Because sold him. Okay. Now, is it true? Well, maybe. However, an autopsy on Thunders found that he had advanced leukemia. <gasps> Something would have killed him soon anyway. Leukemia should be taken care of. It's in an advanced state right here. Whatever he put inside of him was gonna kill him sooner or later. Seemed that so. it would
1: be. He just was, yeah, depleted. That's really sad. It is
0: sad. It is sad. Here's the heartbreak. It's Chinese cool. last break here on Rock School. Let's do one more of these from the book. Let me get the name of it again. Rock and Roll Myths, the true stories behind the most infamous legends. Gary Graff and Daniel Dorschultz. I guarantee that's not how you say it, but I'm taking a You'll swing at it. You'll find
1: it if you go on Amazon, I'm sure.
0: Guarantee it. I'm going to take a swing at it. Here's the last one. Black Sabbath is a band dedicated to satan Satan, yes satan oh i went to catholic
1: school when i was little so i definitely know this is true
0: devil horns (laughs) devil horns okay blatantly not true here is the story they the band black sabbath made the conscious decision everyone else is doing blues people like scary movies why don't we play scary music boom success It makes total sense. That was the concept. Multiple interviews and articles agree with this concept. However, multiple occultists still followed them the whole way through their career. To this day, black hoods and candles at their at their concerts they are forever being asked by religious people why are you worshipping satan we're not that is so funny it's, it's it's something they can't get past it's
1: so funny that people can like see a movie about like the exorcist or something and know that it's all acting but a band that is on stage can't be putting on a persona
0: I don't get it. Ozzy said one of his favorite things to do is when he was, and these people would follow them into hotels, black hoods, candles. What he would do is when they would trap him, he would sing happy birthday to them and then blow out their candles. Oh my gosh.
1: I love that so much. That's great. I love that.
0: According to uh, Ozzy Osbourne, again, all I have is quotes from him. We are not followers of Satan. After we put on a a two-and-a-half-hour concert, we can't even conjure ourselves out of bed in the morning. Love it. So there you are. I love it. No, we just play scary music. There are scary movies. We play scary music. Yeah. We don't follow Satan. So there. Black Sabbath wraps it up. Hey, good to have you back. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back. Good, 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 good. Glasses dismissed.